Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look, style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hey girl, thanks for joining another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe that style should be easy and getting dressed can be fun. Today, we are continuing our sleeve series in the word of the week. I lied to you last week, sorry, and said there was one more, but there are really two more that I want to talk about. Both make a huge difference in how tops look on you, so they're worth discussing. And I just want to thank you to all of you who have shared how much this sleeve series has helped you understand the clothes you already own. I'm surprised by how many like little aha moments there have been around sleeves. So thank you for sharing that with me. It's always nice to hear that the podcast is helping you. And then in philosophy, I'm going to share with you a life principle that is absolutely life-changing. Not only will it help you with your wardrobe, but it'll help you in any project that you take on in any aspect of your life. Then in our lecture series, I'm going to be sharing six style mistakes that age you and three tips for looking stylish even as you mature. Now, I didn't give you any homework last week, so let's just get into it with this week's lessons from Linda. This Linda lesson is actually super timely, and you know I love my capsule community, ladies, and I never want to call anyone out, but this one is too important not to share. So in my community group, the capsule community, each week I do a live Q&A with the capsule community members, and I answer all of their style questions, whether they're capsule related or not. One of the questions for last week's Q&A was this, and I quote, I bought a bright red skirt this week, but after listening to the pair episode, I'm thinking it's not for me, end quote. Ay, ay, ay. What I always find funny is that no matter how often I talk about body types and say it's just one part of the style equation and the guidelines are a starting point, they're not inflexible, unbreakable rules, and if you love something, wear it. Often the only thing people take away is the don't do this part. Like I said in episode two, This is the reason I don't want to talk about body types. I feel terrible. Here was this lovely Linda, happy in her bright skirt, who now feels that it's wrong somehow. Not at all. If you loved something the day before you listened to my advice, you should love it the day after. Sometimes you have an item that traditional guidelines would say isn't best, but for some reason it just looks amazing. I don't know. That's for you to decide when you look in a mirror. And if you look in the mirror and like what you look, then it is best. Also, and this is important, nothing exists in a vacuum. Okay, so the skirt was bright and traditionally pairs gravitate toward bottoms that stand out less, but maybe the cut is super flattering. Maybe the length is perfect. Maybe the top Linda paired it with balanced everything out. You can never take one tidbit of advice, ignore everything else and say, I can't wear this. This is the reason I shared the Picasso quote in episode two. You must learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. My body type series was all about learning the basics like a pro. 
Now you take that knowledge and apply it and bend it and customize it to you like an artist. By the way, it was not lost on me that this Linda is a pair. Like I said in episode six, pairs have the hardest time breaking out of the style rule box. I have no idea why this is. I'm going to post it in the Everyday Style Lounge and see if you pairs can enlighten me. By the way, the link is in the show notes. You can only wear things that are traditionally best for you. But I got to tell you, ladies, you're going to be left with like three things you'll wear. First of all, it's just not true. You have so many options. And second, you're going to end up with a very boring wardrobe and in a major style rut. So here's what I want you to take away from this, Linda. First and foremost, I love my Lindas in my style community, and I never, ever, ever want to call them out. And I hope that you take this for just the advice that it was. But if you love it, wear it. Rules, guidelines, advice be damned. If you feel good in it, it's best for you. Second, if you're a pair, you're going to have to fight the urge to put yourself into a body type best jail. Push yourself to broaden what you think you can wear and learn to trust your gut. Finally, all of the advice I gave was meant to be a starting point, not an ending point. If you're stuck or you're not sure where to start, start there. However, that was not a complete list of the only things you can wear. Style is so much bigger than that. And now, seriously, I don't want to talk about body types for a while. Let's move on to the word of the week. Okay, today we are still talking about sleeves. We've covered the vertical set-in sleeve, the cap sleeve, and the raglan sleeve. Today, we're talking about the dolman sleeve. That is spelled D-O-L-M-A-N, and it's pronounced dolman, not dolman. It's dolman. Here's what a dolman sleeve is. Instead of a vertical seam at the shoulder, like a set-in sleeve, a dolman sleeve has no seam at the shoulder. If you stick your arm out horizontally while wearing a dolman sleeve, there's a diagonal bit of fabric going from your torso to your arm. This can be just a little bit right under the armpit, or it can be exaggerated like a big bat wing sleeve. If you're having trouble picturing what a dolman sleeve is, there's a link in the show notes to examples. Like all of the other sleeve types, how flattering a top of the dolman sleeve will be on you depends on a lot of factors besides just the sleeve type. Like it depends on sleeve length. It depends on the neckline, the top length, narrow versus boxy. What's the fabrication? There's a lot of factors that go into it. But in general, dolman sleeves make shoulders appear broader or rounder, and the volume between the torso and the sleeve determines how powerful that effect is. For example, a tiny dolman where there's just a little wedge of fabric under the arm won't have a big impact, but the big batwing thing will. Dolman sleeves are generally great for pairs, small-shouldered rectangles, and women with very strong square shoulders as they kind of soften the look. I'd recommend women with round shoulders and those are who are top heavy, avoid or at least proceed with caution and keep the volume under the arm at a minimum. Also keep in mind the length of the top compared to the volume of the dolman. See if you can picture this in your head. A tunic length top, which is longer with minimal volume under the arm is going to have a very different look and effect than a waist length top, which is shorter with lots of volume under the arm. The first one isn't going to make you look much bigger on top or really at all, but the second one absolutely will. So don't discount dolmans altogether. There may be a style that works for you. Now, I will say a nice thing about this sleeve style, though, is that a little bit of a dolman helps to hide a tummy. Dolman tops are great for hiding muffin top. I always refer to these as Thanksgiving tops because you can hide the food baby that's left over from dinner. Next week, we're going to cover our last sleeve type, I promise. And that is the drop shoulder. 
But now I'm about to drop some life-changing philosophy on you. Disclaimer time. This is not my own creation. I read about this principle in a Real Simple magazine years ago, and I've thought about it often since. I've used it to explain to my clients why their wardrobes look the way they do and how to use the principle to be more intentional in wardrobe building. Today, we are talking about the principle of easy, cheap, and good. Easy, cheap, and good says that in everything in life, we'd like things to be easy, we'd like them to be cheap, and we'd like them to be good. But you can only have two out of the three. Let me explain. Let's say we're going out to dinner. We'd like it to be easy, right? We'd like the restaurant to be close by. We don't want a two-hour wait. We want good parking. You get the idea. Cheap is pretty self-explanatory, I think. We also want it to be good. We want the food to be good. We want the ambiance to be good. We want the whole experience to be good. While we might want all three, we can really only have two. Let's look at cheap and easy. Anyone else picturing the golden arches? You don't even have to get out of your car and you can feed a whole family for like 25 bucks. It's easy. It's cheap. You know what it's not? Good. Now, well, your kids might think it is, but you know, as adults, we know better, right? Now let's look at easy and good. This is probably a place that you can make reservations. That's easy. You don't have to wait. They might even have valet parking. That's super easy. The food and atmosphere are amazing. That's good. You know what that restaurant's not? Cheap. Finally, think about a little hole-in-the-wall restaurant. I'm thinking of my favorite Peruvian chicken place in Arlington, Virginia. The food was amazing and I could have lunch for under five bucks. Cheap and good, right? But going there was not easy. The parking lot was a madhouse. The lines were out the door. You had to fight for a table. It was not easy at all. And now I am craving El Pollo Rico. Okay, let's now apply this principle to your wardrobe. Here's what cheap and easy looks like when building a wardrobe. Barely slowing down the cart at Target to throw in five of the same t-shirt on your way to the cleaning supply aisle. Shopping only clearance racks and not even taking the time to try things on. Cheap, yes. Easy, yes. Good, not so much. A cheap and easy wardrobe looks haphazard. The closet is overwhelming, but the style is underwhelming. Now imagine going to Nordstrom and using their styling service. The clothes are already in the fitting room when you get there. They've even put you in the big fitting room. That's such a treat. Your stylist runs back and forth to get you more sizes. They bring options for you to try on. Good? Absolutely. Easy? Heck yeah. Cheap? No. Let's face it, this wardrobe is gorgeous. Women who go for good and easy tend to buy quality pieces. They invest in key pieces and keep their things looking nice. Finally, let's look at cheap and good. Now we know what this isn't going to be, is easy. Cheap means waiting for sales, searching consignment sites for pieces or brands you love, shopping with a plan so that you spend your money on items that will make your wardrobe work even better, resisting inexpensive items you don't need just because they're cheap, repairing or tailoring items you already have. Of all of them, this one takes the most work because we took easy out of it. However, it is possible to end up with a beautiful wardrobe and not break the bank. Best way to use this principle to guide your wardrobe is to decide which of the three options is most important to you. Do you need your wardrobe to be good? Maybe you're a new mom and you just need it to be easy. Maybe you're on a really tight budget and you need it to be cheap. Then decide which one you're going to pair with it, but always have that first priority in mind. When I started my business, I had a one-year-old baby, and I think my oldest one was probably four, four and a half. My husband and I went through a season where the bills just kept coming. Has anyone been there? 
like unexpected home repairs, car repairs, medical bills. Every week was an unforeseen expense. So there wasn't a ton left over for a clothing budget. However, I was starting to get clients and I literally had nothing to wear because I was about a year out from having a baby and I didn't have a closet full of wardrobe stylist wear. I knew I had to shop and I knew my clothes had to be good. Who is going to trust the wardrobe stylist who dresses terribly? Well, in that season, I had to let cheap be my second goal and leave easy out of it. I want to say that there's no real wrong answer here. There are times in life where cheap and easy is the best or only option. No judgment. But if you're wondering why your wardrobe looks the way it does, that could be it. Maybe it's time to rotate good into your priorities. We'll be back in just a second to talk about six style mistakes that age you, as well as three tips for staying stylish as you mature. Hey girl, do you avoid the pool or dread going to the beach because swimsuit shopping is just that bad? No worries, I've got you covered. Head over to the show notes for this episode and download the ultimate swimwear guide. This free ebook shows you what to look for to choose the best suit for your body type and shares my favorite swimwear shopping resources for all kinds of body challenges. Plus, it answers the top 10 swimsuit dilemmas as chosen by the Everyday Style Lounge members. From how to keep the girls in place on the beach to how to keep from looking frumpy when you want extra coverage, this guide will help take the stress out of swimwear. Grab it now and don't miss another beautiful day at the beach. Class is back in session, friends, and today we are talking all things age and wardrobe. One of the biggest things I hear when I work with a woman is that she doesn't want to look too young. I got to tell you, in all of my years of dressing women, which is quickly approaching 100, I can remember two or three who dressed too young. However, I do not have enough fingers, toes, or hairs on my head to count the number of women who dress too old. If you take nothing else away from this episode, let it be this. Almost always, your quest to avoid looking 20 years younger than you are results in you looking 20 years older than you are. So today, I'm going to share with you six style mistakes you could be making that are adding years to your look. Now, I call them mistakes, but really they're choices. I'm not right and you're not wrong. If you love ginormous, saggy jeans, you do you. However, if you're like, I had no idea my terrible jeans were making me look old, I'd like to make a different choice. I'm here to help. I'm going to tell you what these items do. You decide if you want to make a different decision. No judgment from me. Now, after I share these six things, I've got three more tips for aging appropriately yet stylishly. First, here are the six things that are adding years to your look. Number one, bad bras. I know a lot of you who have followed me for a while are surprised I've gotten to episode eight without talking about bras. Frankly, I'm a little shocked myself. There's a reason I make every woman I work with get a professional fitting before we work together. The right bra is the most important step in looking your best. Not only does a good bra make all of the clothes you already own look better, but the farther your boobs are from your waist, the taller, leaner, and younger you look. The bright bra can give you back what time, gravity, and kids have stolen from you. So spend your money on good bras before you buy anything else. By the way, we're going to do a whole bra episode, but for right now, did you know that you should be refit every single year after a gain or loss of 15 pounds or more or after every baby slash when you stop nursing? Our breast size fluctuates, so make sure you're keeping your girls perky by getting refit often. I'm often asked where to go for the best bra fittings, 
My number one answer, because it's accessible to most people, is Nordstrom. They have experienced bra fitters and a wide size range. Any store that doesn't carry a decent size range, which is like 32A to 44G or H, in the store may not be able to fit you properly. If you are outside of the standard size range, look for a specialty retailer in your area. In the show notes, I'm going to share a couple more of my favorite bra resources. And if you need to find a specialty retailer in your area, post in the Everyday Style Lounge. We've got ladies from all over the country who can help. There will be an episode on bras coming soon. You know I can't help myself, but I just wanted to give you that little bit of information for now. Okay, ready? Number two, too much black. I get it. We all love black. It's chic. We think it's slimming. It's everywhere in the stores. What could possibly be wrong with black? Just one teeny tiny thing. It makes most women look washed out and older. Just like a blue shirt brings out the color in blue eyes, black brings out shadows in dark circles and highlights wrinkles. You don't have to banish the harsh color altogether. I tried once. It did not last. It lasted like two days. But consider adding more flattering colors to your wardrobe and use black more sparingly. If you can't bear the thought of less black, add a colorful necklace or scarf or add a little extra lipstick to brighten you up. Navy is a more universally flattering neutral, and while it can be hard to find for fall and winter sometimes, it's a fantastic choice for warmer months. By the way, the idea that black is slimming is a bit of a myth. This only works when black is worn head to toe and has more to do with the dark shade and lack of color breaks than any black magic. Any medium to dark shade worn head to toe will work and probably be more flattering for you. Okay, number three, bad jeans. Saturday Night Live immortalized mom jeans in their 2003 commercial, but sadly, ill-fitting, unflattering jeans haven't gone anywhere. Most women I work with spend a lot of time in jeans, but most don't invest enough time or money to get a great pair. I mean, a really great pair. The kind that make you feel like a million bucks and make your butt look amazing. Most women are buying their jeans at least a size too big. Unless you are wearing an intentionally roomy fit like a boyfriend cut, your jeans should hug your body. You shouldn't be able to grab handfuls of fabric at your hips, your knees, or right below your butt. And don't forget about pocket placement either. Avoid small pockets that are placed high on the rear. They'll make your butt look bigger and longer. Nobody wants a long butt. Pocket placement can be the difference between mom jeans and hot mama jeans. Which would you rather have? Finally, please stop wearing bootcut jeans with bulky sneakers. It's a frumpy, unflattering look that makes you look older. All right, number four, overly sensible shoes. I get strongly worded messages every time I talk about upgrading your shoes, so I'm going to tread lightly on this one, but the fact remains that shoes define your style. Look at your feet. Do your shoes match the vibe you want to project? Or were they purchased solely for function without any regard to fashion? Yes, comfortable shoes are a necessity, but comfortable and cute don't have to be mutually exclusive. It might take a little bit more effort, but you can find shoes that are kind to your feet and kind to your style. I read once that the thicker the sole of your shoe, the older it makes you look. Now, platform sandals and wedges are having a moment, but it pretty much holds true. Christian Louboutin, maker of the gorgeous red-soled shoes, once said, I wouldn't take it as a compliment if someone looked at one of my shoes and said, oh, that looks like a comfortable shoe. If you want to look a little bit more youthful, 
add a little of Mr. Louboutin's philosophy to your wardrobe and buy shoes that are comfortable, but don't shout comfort shoe. Take the time to find shoes that fit both your style and your lifestyle. And before you say, but I have problem feet, she doesn't know my life. I should mention that I wear custom orthotics in almost every single pair of shoes I own. I have a podiatrist on speed dial. I don't know many people who have more problematic feet than I do, and yet I have cute shoes. It can be done. Number five, outdated classics. I cringe when I hear a woman describe her style as classic because what she usually means is this. I bought decent clothes in 2002, so now I never have to shop again. Sorry, friends, that's not how classic works. Just because you liked and bought it doesn't make it a classic. The reality is styles, patterns, fabrics change, and most wardrobe staples, even like the the reality is styles, patterns, and fabrics change, and most wardrobe items, even the basics, need to be replaced or updated every few years. When you hang on to styles and colors or patterns that have passed their prime, you look just as outdated as the clothes, which adds years. I always tell women to do a little online shopping and see if the clothes in your wardrobe look like the clothes that are being sold today. Do the suits in your closet look like the suits being sold at Ann Taylor today? Or do they conjure up thoughts of Allie McBeal or the movie Working Girl? This is an easy way to tell classic pieces from the ones you just wish were classics. Finally, number six, too much fabric. Most women want to avoid the F word at all costs. Yep, I'm talking about frumpy. Too much fabric is a one-way express ticket to frump town. And let's face it, frumpy is synonymous with old. Drowning yourself in fabric because you either don't know what size you are or you don't want to know what size you are adds pounds and ages of you. Strip away the extra weight and years by wearing clothes that fit and look for styles that show a little skin. Hiding behind extra fabric has never been a successful strategy for looking your best. I understand that as we age, we may not feel as comfortable in fitted clothing as we once did, but there's a difference between finding relaxed styles and just putting on huge shirts. If you want more coverage, look for different styles, patterns, and fabrics, but too big never helped. Those are the top six things I see women do all the time that make them look older. And I'm curious to know, did you find yourself saying, oh, wait, that's me. Or maybe, oh, wait, that one's me too. Let me know in the Everyday Style Lounge. Okay, now let's talk about the other side of the coin. What are the things you can do to create an age-appropriate wardrobe that is neither too young or too old, but rather just right? I always tell my clients to focus on looking youthful, not young. I'm not young anymore, and I don't want to look young anymore, but I do want to look youthful. Youthful is about being vibrant and the best of who you are right now, rather than trying to be someone you used to be. Here are three ways to do that. Number one, don't stop being trendy. Most of my clients live in fear of looking trendy. So let's use my other favorite word, current, instead. Just because you found yourself in a new decade of life doesn't mean you should stop looking current. In fact, it's just the opposite. Completely ignoring current trends is a fast pass ticket to looking old. That said, you've got to be a little more careful in choosing trendy items as you get older. So here are a few tips. Ground your trendy pieces with high quality basics. Being a broke girl wearing all fast fashion in your 20s is acceptable. In your 30s, there should be a mix of high and low end pieces. In your 40s and beyond, that mix should evolve to mostly high quality pieces with a few fast fashion things here and there instead of the other way around. Second, wear fewer trends together. 
In your 20s, feel free to mix wide leg crop pants with platform sandals and a cami style blouse. In your 30s, keep the crops and sandals, but swap the trendy top for a classic tee. In your 40s and beyond, keep the pants and classic tee, but swap out a more refined sandal instead. See how we've evolved from a whole outfit of trends to just one pop? I call this a trend garnish instead of a trend salad. Finally, look for trends reinterpreted for your age range. The distressed crop flare jeans at H&M this season look very different than the distressed crop flare jeans at Ann Taylor. Look to the stores that cater toward women your age and see how and if a trend is being shown. If Talbot's is showing a trendier item, chances are you're not too old to try it. Okay, the second way to stay stylish as you get older is to stand out. Do you remember your high school days where the most important thing was to have the exact same stuff as everyone else? Blending in was the singular goal. Thank God those days are behind us, right? As we mature, we become sure of ourselves and unafraid to stand out. This is the time to develop a signature style and to use fashion to tell the world who you are. Don't be afraid to buy the yellow shoes or the bold eyeglass frames or the statement earrings. One thing I've always found interesting is the question on my pre-service questionnaire that asks my clients to name someone whose style they admire and what they love about it. So often, it's an older woman with great accessories, and the most common answer about what they admire is, she has individual style. I think one of the biggest benefits of aging is the lack of concern for what other people think of you. Get bold in your wardrobe because it makes you happy and speaks to who you are. In the process, you'll actually look more youthful. In the show notes, I've linked to a must-read article about taking bigger style risks as we get older. It's a little long, but it's absolutely worth the read. My last tip for aging appropriately and stylishly is this. Don't forget about the rest of your look. Wardrobe is just one piece of the style puzzle. Your hair and makeup need to evolve right alongside your wardrobe. Now, this is not a women over 40 should not have long hair rule, but I think it's fair to say that your hairstyle in your 40s should be different than it was in your 20s. It's important to switch it up now and again because hair texture changes, styles change, your styles change. Also, as we age, we lose coloring from our hair, our eyes, our skin, our lips, making your go-to makeup favorites less flattering over time. Neglecting to update your hair and makeup over the years dates you and adds years to your look. If you are not sure where to start, head to a makeup counter, a grown-up makeup counter, and let the pros make suggestions. Or check out tutorial videos on YouTube made for women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. Make an appointment with your stylist and ask what they would do with your hair if given free reign. The answer might surprise you, and you might actually like it. Regardless of your age, the trick to looking age-appropriate and youthful is to constantly be evolving and reevaluating. Don't be afraid to part with clothing simply because you don't like it anymore. And don't stop trying new things just because you're afraid you look like you're trying too hard. Allow yourself to find a signature style you love and then let it change as you do. That's all I've got for you today. Your homework for this week is to go through your closet and look for items that may be aging you. Decide if they need to be replaced or refreshed. If you're feeling super inspired, get a bra fitting. It could change your life. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, would you consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing on your social media? I want as many women as possible to get the advice they need to make style easy and fun. I really appreciate it. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll see you next time.